Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hope everybody's doing well today. I want to welcome everybody to the Unimpressed Podcast today. And today we have a guy calling in from Southern California. His name is Bill Phillips. He is a medium. He is a psychic trying to help people in the world. And I want to welcome Bill to the Unimpressed Podcast. How you doing, Bill? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. So we touched on a few things earlier and, mm-hmm. you know, talked about your lineage and, and where this comes from. And when did you start feeling this way? And when did you get these signs that there was some type of information flowing through you? Yeah, you know, for me, this began very young in age, um, as early as I can recall, actually falling asleep at night and having my own different experiences seeing faces with the mouths moving, not knowing what was going on. Um, And what happened was I was told at an early age that my imagination was wild and I had watched, you know, too many scary movies. So that eventually became my programming and my my belief um, for a short period of time. Uh, During my childhood, I had a very sort of traumatic childhood as well, being pulled back and forth by my parents, from my mom kidnapping me and taking me um, to New York at the age of six, and uh, basically kind of going through my own version of hell at a very young age, actually. So I I find that in those times um, where I had to be very, you know, resilient, what I came into contact with was this force field of light around me. And as a child, I, I really wasn't sure what to label it as, but I just knew that I was protected by this energy source. And long story short, um, I was sent back to the to the West Coast when I was nine years old. And um, flash forward six years from there, I did, I had not seen my mother for almost six years because of her own her own addiction, you know, that she was going through in her own issues. So I was able to fly back on a red eye and say goodbye to her on her deathbed, actually. And uh, I was fourteen, almost fifteen, and a few nights later, I, I awoke to her in the room with me, and that's really where this sort of activation began with this connection. Then it sort of followed me, and I, you know, I, I wasn't seeking it out, but it, it followed me. I, I actually was um, preparing to be uh, an opera singer at the time, um, and it, uh, spirit followed me. It followed me, and I, when I was eighteen, I found myself in a really interesting situation at a metaphysical shop, um, taking a, a two-hour class, basically, on, on mediumship. And uh, my, my life was forever changed in that moment because I was shown and validated, basically, as to what I was receiving was true and real. And so from that point forward, um, it was a lot of um, soul searching and a lot of sort of just trusting it more and not doubting that process. So it definitely took years in the making to accept it as a calling. And the rest is history. Now, when you started to accept this, I mean, what's going through your head? And, you know, did Mm -hmm. you have any physical signs or anything that was happening to your body or anything? Absolutely. Um, I I found myself having a lot of uh, sleep disturbances was probably one of the primary things. And then also a lot of -of out-of-body experiences, too. So astral projecting, not really understanding what that was at the time as well. And then really what, what was going through my head was hearing a lot of sounds, hearing a lot of information, 
I uh, call it now kind of like the static in my mind. And so uh, what I what I didn't know back then is that I was in between channels, in between sources at that time. And so, you know, having having time on my side to really discern what was going on um, was really interesting and sort of uh, life changing for me, knowing that I was more in control of it and that they were not in control over me. But the, the sensations, though, typically um, that I felt, especially as an 18-year-old, and I actually wrote about this uh, briefly in my book, I, I, I refer to our spiritual network as the spiritual web. And the reason for that is I kept having this experience where I was feeling things on my face and like I like I had like a, a spider web of energy on my face and it, it, it went on for a few months actually like I couldn't quite make sense of it until uh until years later but so there was definitely physical things going on and since that time it's become more subtle for me over the years I think that having um an awakening like that is always sort of uh, more intense in the beginning until we sort of accept it. And then it kind of goes a little bit more into the background. How do you use this today? Years ago now, I was uh, even so I, I went to a music conservatory in my in my 20s, actually. And I was I was trying to run away from this because what ha- what had happened was after that faithful night when I was 18 and I had discovered what was going on in my head, I began to practice, you know, with friends. And then those friends told friends and the word really spread very quickly about this. But I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't ready to accept it yet. So I um, moved to San Francisco and um, I, what I realized is that I, I could not escape it. It, 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 you know, it was following me and really looking back at it, what was going on is that spirit was orchestrating me to have that experience for two reasons. The first reason was to help give me an understanding of energy and vibration through music and through the, uh, through the vibration of sound. And that was something that really helped me elevate myself and helped me understand um, the different levels of energy too, and how sound and vibration can either pull us up or pull us down. So that was a really interesting tool for me that I learned. Also, um, being in front, being in front of large crowds of people too at the time, and um, not not re- not realizing it then. But after I graduated and really understood what was going on, um, I I made the intention with spirit that I, I wasn't going to go on the streets and find people to read for. <laughs> like I didn't want to be that that way. I wanted them to bring people to me if I was supposed to do this. And so what happened was that happened very quickly, actually. And the word of mouth spread. And um, now it's now it's basically my my life's work and my life's mission is to help people this way, to either give them guidance from spirit to validate, you know, who's around them in spirit. Um, And it's my it's my my life's calling at this point. Interesting. Well, a very similar type of thing. Uh, Yeah, very similar. But I just I didn't tap into it till later. I've always had the intuition. And then I realized I was a clairsentient. And then um, the energy thing, having energy coming out of my hands, Mm -hmm. my right hand, very heavy energy coming out of my right hands. Then found out, but then I found out both sides of my brain work simultaneously. And yeah, it's very, very interesting. It's, you know, the fact you were younger and it came to light uh, is very interesting to me because I think I might have 
try to cover it up with drinking or whatever. Because I think when you have high sensitivities, you don't know you don't know what that is, or you don't know what's going on. And a lot of people, because of the narrative in in Western society, a lot of people are lost to even go that direction or even think this is why I have high sensitivities. You know, um, did you did you ever think anything like that or? Like, well, hey, I got these high sensitivities. Well, I think what for for me, what I saw was I I, I saw my my parents go through this struggle on their own of um, this escapism, you know. And so, as a as a young child, witnessing that and then going through a lot of sort of uh, traumatic events uh, early in my life, I, I I really do believe that when we have that sort of awakening where we are breaking breaking the paradigm of the of you know the physical world or the um the societal structures and then what's true and real to us which is divine um it, it usually comes from some sort of um heartbreak you know or something that really shifts your perspective so for some people it might be the death of a loved one it might be something where they're you know they were in a severe car accident you know they almost died and they had this sort of awakening there as well. The good news about all, all of this with my family is that <clears throat> it didn't get passed down to me as far as the um, the escapism part of it was concerned. I, I feel like my mom, who's in spirit, was very, um, very adamant about me sort of uh, living um, in, in a clear state of being because for me, that's how I'm able to be of service to other people is to be that way. But on the same token, though, um, being sensitive, you know, being being connected, being an empath, which I believe so many people are experiencing right now as well in the world, it can feel um, like you're crazy at times, you know, it can feel like what you're going through, um, nobody else understands, it could feel very isolating. But it's once you accept it, and once you really start to give your um, energy towards it and your beliefs towards it as well, it takes on a world of its own. And there's this whole self-discovery that we sort of go down um, by just trusting the invisible world and trusting the guidance that we're receiving from our higher selves, from, from our intuitive selves, you know. Now, your parents, you said they, which side of your family, when your mom and dad had this touch um, of, of my, so forth? Definitely heard a lot of stories on my dad's side of the family, actually. Yes. And he um, was... From where? Where's uh, he, he, was, from? Um, he was from the, the Midwest, so Chicago area. Chicago. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he's the German side or um I this is this is gonna be the um the French and also sorry, English side as well would also be on my dad's side. My mom was was basically mostly German. So um I am now for French, German, and some English. And and where was your dad's parents? Where were they from originally? Um, you know, that is a great question. I should probably know this, but I don't. Um, I I, I want to say east. So, um, I, for some reason, I feel like saying it's it's England or somewhere somewhere back in that part of the world. Because I see your family is like clergymen or something. Oh, interesting, interesting. I don't know. That's what I see. Like you were okay. clergyman, very strong bloodline. Can't figure out the bloodline quite yet, but I think there's definitely a clergyman uh, perspective there uh, for some reason. That had a lot of authority, if you will, mm -hmm. to some in some place or another. A very quiet, like a, a very uh, passive authority in the religious space for some reason. So I don't know. Maybe that's just what I see. Because uh, sometimes I see people in twos. I see their inner child. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in 
then I can see what's around the inner child. And obviously, you're very, very clear. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of uh, dysfunction or contrast there. But I don't know. That's and and sometimes what I see too is times ten oh, wow. compared to everybody else. Yeah. So like vibrations and everything are times ten. And one and one thing I thought of is I had a realization, and I don't know if you've had this realization too, is is the thought process coming from a creator's mindset. And when I say a creator's mindset, you know, a lot of people, I think that's why a lot of people don't understand because I reverse engineer everything that's done traditionally compared to a discovery mindset. Do you feel like you're coming from a creator's mindset, if you will? Um, I, I feel like I'm coming from a divine mindset. Yes. I, you know, Personally, I try not to rationalize that too much because I'm a Virgo, so I'm already very, um, you know, um, critical as it is with my thought process. So um, when I am in that space and um, when I'm channeling, um, I it's it's one of those things where I am trying my best to get out of the the um, the rational ego part of myself because that's what's always going to want to make you. A question, you know, or or doubt, or um, yeah, it, it it has a way of sort of wanting to um interfere with what's true and natural, right? So, um, when I'm in that space, and and, and I, I firmly believe too that we're all designed to to live in that space as well, you know, whether it's intuiting information, getting these downloads, not really sure what you know what to do with it, but we're all we all have access to that space, and so I I. I would refer to that probably as, you know, if, if you want to say God's mind, that's beautiful, but also maybe a divine mindset too is great. Well, I understand what you're saying by divine yeah. mindset, but when yeah. I say create, I guess when I say creator's mindset, it's how things are structured, how things are built. You know, so I know I'm a, a pathway for information. Mm-hmm. And when I talk about information, it's more about, all right, foundation, you know, tone, timing, you know, it's all these certain words like environment, foundation, sensitivities. That's kind of how my mindset, I guess, comes from like unearthing anything. Does that make any sense? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Because because the reason I say this mm-hmm. is, you know, I've talked to a lot of intellects like Avi Loeb, who's head of astronomy at um, Harvard, and and I always use him as an example, and and different intellects around the world. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is a lot of these intellects, to some extent, they have blinders on within their own environment, and they Mm -hmm. they don't look at how things can connect to other things they're looking at what they can discover within their space yes that that, this is exactly what i'm referring to with the you know having these two spheres of consciousness you know the left and the right brain and um when we operate from the left brain it definitely has um its benefits especially with someone in that genre who um is going from that mindset um but it's also it also can be a little bit limiting as well because it's only allowing you to see things from a mindset of you, you know, or from a physical standpoint. Um, but when you're able to find more of a balance with it and maybe quiet down that ego space, that that space that wants to question everything, you know, and you're letting mm-hmm. information flow through you from a different source, then 
I feel like it's one of those things that becomes um, unlimited in potential. And there's so much energy and information available when we enter that space, actually, within ourselves. But it's something that our our human mind or our rational mind isn't going to completely understand, which is the reason why for many people, when they're having, um, you know, these either maybe downloads or they're, or they're sensing spirit around them, what happens is that a sort of fear creeps in or something else pops in that tells them, well, that's foreign. That's not, that's not what I'm used to experiencing. So the, um, the rational mind has a way of trying to like make sense of it all. Right. And it tries to shut it out. Um, so I, what I feel like now though, is that as the world is, is changing and as we are evolving, people are, are sort of understanding more and more about how this works. And, and they have a deep yearning for wanting to learn more about how to maybe spend more time in that space within their um, intuitive mind or within their right their right side of their brain so that they're able to understand where they come from and their connection to it all. And with this book that mm-hmm. you wrote, what was your agenda and goal with the book? My, my agenda and goal with the book was to basically help people understand their own connection their own personal power to their energy source and how the energy source affects their physical lives as well. So when we take the time to go within, to go into that place that's, that's non-rational and to build this dialogue, you know, with our higher self, with our intuitive self, what happens is that we start to see the synchronicities around us. We start to see things in a different light and we start to notice themes of things around us too. Um, I actually wrote more about this in my second book about the different signs that, that, that spirit sends to us. But I wanted people to have a guidebook to basically go within to understand their own personal power and how that personal power dictates their world around them. And basically to know that they are in essence co-creating their world by what they're experiencing on their inner world or with that invisible world. And everything with that goes back to our own language with our with ourselves. So how we're speaking to ourselves, how we're operating from within, because most of the time when we're here in this physical experience, we are operating from that place within, you know, that's, that's, that's where, that's where we are living in. So if we have more of an opportunity to understand and and to give it more power and to give more of our beliefs there, then there could be a lot of life altering events that happen, um, that, that basically attracts us and pulls us to people that are of the same mindset as well. Interesting. What do you feel for me? Um, well, you definitely are the forever student. That's something that I pick up on right away with you. You know, this probably goes back eons. Um, and definitely, you know, something about you taking the leap and really letting people know about your own gifts and about maybe writing about them and, and showing people your own experiences too. So you're probably in this sort of threshold right now of, of wanting to go further with it or maybe even more public with it as well. And I, I think that's where um you know besides yourself a lot of people are really kind of having that curiosity right now themselves too i developed this thing called finding a perfect audience and it can birth or rebirth anything and it comes from that creator's type of mindset and it's Mm -hmm. mathematically driven and then i tied into the creation of force which is mathematically driven Mm -hmm. 
And I don't want to go too deep on that because that's something I'm trying to flush out. But everything is mathematically, from the universe down, everything is mathematically tied together. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We keep a lot of emotions bundled up inside in life, and sometimes we got to talk to people. I witnessed the benefits with my own two eyes. I have a close friend that was struggling with depression and felt like she had no one she could consistently talk to because of her busy schedule. She was matched with a therapist through BetterHelp. After several months of sessions, I've seen a tremendous change in her personality and in her life. If you're needing therapy and and want to get some of those things off your chest, it's entirely online and designed to conveniently work around your schedule and empower you to be the best version of yourself. Just fill out a questionnaire and they will align you with the right therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unimpressed today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash unimpressed. Other in four by four. And I think that's the mistake. I don't know where this information is coming from. And I think that's the mistake that we're sitting at right now of how we view the universe. I don't know fully the answer. But if you think about fours, everything was created in fours linearly because God wanted uh, things to be symbiotic as one from the universe to the human being. What do you think about tying stuff together that's mathematical? It comes from this thought process. You know, that is a great, great way of looking at it. I know that when the other side is communicating with us, a lot of times they, they will use um, different themes of numbers. So as an example, it's funny that you say fours. Um, I, I happen to see fours daily around me in very unusual ways where um, my phone will light up, for example, at 444. <clears throat> um, I'll be driving home from my office and long behold, our car will get in front of me, 4444. You know, so um, I, I, I believe that if somebody uses their, their free will and their desire to communicate in the world around them with numbers, then they're going to attract that sequence back to them. It's like, it's just the law, basically, right? So, um, but going deeper into it, I, I'm no mathematician, so I can't speak on every level of this. But I know that we that we live in this sort of matrix, you know, and we, and we, we live in this universe with so many, um, so many parallel worlds happening simultaneously. 
And I, and I feel like um, as, a, as a soul inhabiting this physical experience, we're sort of weaving through these worlds, um, you know, intermittently and not always, I'm not always realizing it, you know, whether it be going into this sort of daydream space and we're like, what, where am I? Why, why am I thinking of this person that I've never met before? Or maybe it's, in, maybe it's having a dream as well, where there's someone there that just, you have no idea who they are, but they keep popping up for you too. I think part of that is the fact that we are existing in multiple worlds simultaneously. And what do you think about when you, when you think about vibrations and I'll touch on a little bit of this vibration talk is when you, I went to Curacao and I've said this story a couple of times. I went to Curacao Island mm-hmm. and when I look at the foundation of this place, I realize that the minerals there are very, very dense. And the ABC Islands are 30, 30 miles outside Venezuela. And there's no hurricanes ever around these islands. There's no predators on these islands. There's no predators around these islands. There's no shark attacks or anything like that. So when you start, when I started thinking about that, I said this the density creates, obviously this density creates a vibration that is repelling predators. And I started thinking about, I said, if this is the densest minerals in the world, then everything outside of that is less dense which creates a different vibration. Mm-hmm. So when you understand the vibration to create, create your environment, because I think environment is a big deal that nobody really taps into. Mm-hmm. So then you let's lay the four elements on top of that. Going back to four, there's four elements that creates another layer of vibration. And then you had the human being, you know, they say there were four human beings created in Book of Gates, which is four different types of human beings that were created. And nobody ever talks about the Book of Gates. So you add the human being to this three-part scenario, and this is a very limited scenario. And if you didn't include emotion in this scenario with the vibrations of the minerals, the vibrations of the elements, and the vibrations of the four bloodlines, you could predict those four bloodlines. So when you when you throw in emotion, this is your unconscious bias and the decisions that you're making based on how you're programmed through your subconscious as a kid. So understanding how environment affects you, understanding the level of vibrations and, and, and how that affects our lives. If you think about the power of the mind, if we perpetuated our minds for the past thousand years that we could live to be 250 years old, we could probably live to be 250 years old. Vibrations is how you equivalent time, right? And the more vibrations we create, the more it speeds up time so if you think about how old this place is it's probably way older than we anticipate and people probably lived a lot longer back in the day. Why has nobody ever tapped into that understanding vibrations and times, you know, and what it's doing to society now? You know, I, I believe that that there are people probably that are tapping into that energy source. Uh, maybe maybe it'll become more public as um, as we ascend as a as a society and as a as an earth. Um, but it's interesting that you say that as well because. What I call it actually is I refer to it as my orbit and how we all have our own orbit that we're responsible for. And whatever whatever we're feeding energetically into our orbit is attracting those same scenarios or, the, or those same experiences. 
and this all does go back to childhood. Um, this is this is another reason why I wrote this latest book too, was to show everyone that we came into this world very vulnerable, very open, very psychic, very connected. Um, and what happened was there was a programming that was given to us, you know, as children, probably between the ages of four to seven in that range, give or take a couple of years. And when we're most impressionable and those, um, those, those commands that, that, that were given in that programming becomes our belief system. And it becomes what we put our energy forth because that's, that's what we've believed to be true. But what I, what I, what I know to be true though, is that as we keep growing and evolving and there's a certain point when we start to realize that there's another narrative going on that is our soul speaking to us or our higher self speaking to us. And it goes against that programming. It goes against what we were taught um, as children. You know, um, w- with my example was the imaginary friends, which I'm sure many people have had that experience as well. And so um, when we talk about an awakening or this shift of energy vibration too, we're also talking about having the awareness, having the the physical awareness and having the energetic awareness um, to understand what's ours and what's not ours. And then with that standpoint, having the empowerment to be able to program ourselves in the way that we want to be programmed and what we want to believe and what we want to experience. So I believe that every soul that comes here goes through this journey and goes through this lesson plan, maybe at different times in their lives, but we're here for that reason. We're we're basically here to learn how we're connected to it, how we're connected to it all. Well, now... Now, your book is basically talking about kids who lose somewhat of their creativity at, mm-hmm. at a certain age, and I think that's due to schooling. I mean, I think your message is great, and I understand there's elements of this I've talked about as well in kids and entering school and how they lose their imagination when they enter school because the school system is structured the wrong way. And I, I'll run this scenario, and this is a scenario I've talked about of of people don't understand anything about their subconscious. And obviously you have traits of that subconscious, just as I spoke about the human beings, when they were putting that scenario, you take away emotion, you can predict those four bloodlines of where they're going. And a lot of people don't realize their subconscious is being programmed as as a young person. And then we get to a certain point in life, we start responding to, you know, to certain things through your unconscious bias. And we just do this naturally. So the heavier your subconscious is programmed in the thickness of those vibrations, and we're creating more vibrations, that makes it the more vibrations we're creating in society, and the people don't understand that it makes it harder to get to consciousness, because there's a lot of thickness here. And these things are not being addressed. So I'm hoping your book can open that thought process up because that's, I mean, that's dead on a narrative that needs to be talked about. Thank you for saying that. That That is a major um, validation and reason as well to just educate people to that to we're we're not all built the same way in the sense of you know uh we don't all learn the same way you know we don't all speak the same way we're all very unique to ourselves too and so when we realize and i think that actually the past three years and and what, what we've experienced together as a collective as well has has shown us 
um, the importance of what's true and real to us, you know, um, and also shows us as well that time and space are really an illusion around us. You know, we, we, we try our best to live our lives with calendars and clocks and things like that, but doesn't always line up. And the reason for that is, you know, we're not supposed to live our lives in this linear way where we're going from event to event. We're supposed to be experiencing it in the in the presence of the moment, you know, and from that standpoint, that's where our creation power comes from. And that's also where our awareness comes from, too. We, we can't access that awareness um, in the past or in the potential of the future. So um, this brings me back to, you know, a lot of times when I'm um, channeling for other people too, and there's snapshots that are coming through then that may have no connection to them in the moment, but, but it does maybe three months later, nine months later, things like that too, based upon free will. You know, it all goes back to having that, having that free will and, and having that, um, having that power to choose. You know, and this was something for me uh, that took a lot of trust when I was 18 and, um, you know, opening myself up. And um, just as an example, it's reminding me one of my very first um, readings that I gave was to a woman and um, and I um, I her, her mother came through right away. And there was something that she wanted me to share with her that she just could not wrap her head around. It was the fact that she was saying that she was sending her her long lost love back to her. And and she goes, that's impossible. It's been like a decade, you know, and it, there was all of this rationale behind it. Um, so it, it meant nothing to her then. But um, the next day, I received a phone call from her. And she was hysterical. And she was emotional. And, and she had explained to me that when she got home that night, on her answering machine was a voicemail from that person from so many years ago. And so this really does sort of um, illustrate how how this world works and, and how how receiving information works too, because it's not really in accordance with what our rational self thinks it should be, you know, which is um, today, tomorrow, yesterday. It's something that's really spontaneous. And when we have that connection with these synchronicities around us, I think it also shows us as well that we're, we're not living in a world dictated by, by, by um, time and space. Um, we, we are just really living more in this sort of, um, if you will, holographic type of space and universe where what we're experiencing, we're projecting. And that's, that's, that's the reality of our experience. Interesting. You're, mm-hmm. What we're living, we're projecting. Mm-hmm. And what are, where are we headed after this? <laughs> that's also, that's also free choice as well, you know, but once we, once we leave this physical shell behind, um, we go, we, we go back home. We go back to where we came from, this source energy, right? Which you, which you can call the other side. Some might call it heaven. Some might call it um, the spirit world. You know, there's so many different labels. And one thing that I um, am big about is removing labels from things because I, I, I find that labeling things can sometimes interfere with someone's belief system or it might cause confusion within themselves that goes back to their childhood about, well, wait a second, I was taught that, you know, in Bible class, heaven was in, he- in hell, it, there's all these kind of concepts behind it. So 
Um, I know for sure that when we leave this physical world behind, we enter the world again that we came from. And from that perspective, we're able to do what we want to do, whether it be traveling, whether it be helping the living or having an agenda to help the souls that are here as well, whether it be, you know, getting really woo-woo and out there too, just for a moment and talking about um, travel that's that's outside of what we known to be, you know, our, our solar system in our maybe universe there there there's so much that that physically we haven't experienced yet but our souls are experiencing right now and i think that's also a reason why people may have so much confusion about the world that they're living in too because they are going to sleep at night having a different completely different experience coming back into this physical experience and not really sure what to do with it. So putting on top of that as well, having to live by society standards as well and, you know, go to school and get married and all of these um, trails that were sort of designed to live a part of too can also be very confusing. And that could also cause people to doubt what they're experiencing in their own inner world, in their own inner sanctuary. So um, my my hope for people, um, just regardless if they if they find it through 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 my writing or someone else's, is to just to know that you definitely have the power to live the life that you chose to live. And, and it, it may not make sense to anybody else around you. And that's okay. It's a matter of listening to your soul listening to your higher self and then um, creating that world around you. Well, I, I came up with this thing and uh, I think a lot of people don't realize too. I came up with this ideology of, you know, we feed, we feed off what we see. And I think if we feed off what we see, we're not growing. And, it, you know, and you talked about categories. I mean, Bruce Lee said, you know, if you create a style, or you create a topic, you crystallize growth, uh, which I believe in that 100% as well. You know, feeding off what you see means you have no value for yourself. And I think if if you can put your own narrative out front and create a new environment for yourself, then you can eliminate opinions. You can eliminate controversy because when you feed going back to when you feed off what you see, you create more opinions and you can create more controversy. And I think there's Absolutely. a big step in that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I, I also really do feel as well that the truth is something that you can feel on a soul level as well, you know? So it's something that may completely dictate what's, you know, um, being shown to you otherwise or within your peripheral. But the truth has a way of permeating um, your energy source, you know, and, and it's something that's unshakable, actually. So um, I absolutely agree with that. And I feel that it's really important right now at this time in our society and in, in our legacy, that we're able to understand, to trust what we are experiencing as our own truth, right? That's super yeah. important right now. Trust in yourself. Yeah. We're, tr we're trusting in other, too many other people. Exactly. You know, exactly. which is, mm -hmm. which is, you know, nobody else has control over yourself, but you, and I don't know, I don't know when we feed that energy, um, uh, as a society so much. I mean, I, we're so deep in that side with everything. I don't, that part I don't get, you know, and I, I think that too, um, we've, 
each of us has come here to learn different lessons as well about our unique connection to ourselves, to humanity, to the universe. And um, we're all experiencing similar themes of um, lessons about, you know, loving, forgiving, grieving, you know, those things are what connect us all on the same level. But I also believe too, that it's something where when we're able to go within, when we're able to really have an intention, that intention is something that is very underutilized, I believe. It's something that we all have access to. We're all doing um, unconsciously throughout the day. And But when we have an awareness of how to direct our energy towards the intention of what we're wanting to experience, um, then that's that's where we're creating the energy of our orbit or, we're, you know, we're creating the energy around us. And that's also super powerful to and empowering for somebody to have that information that yes even though it sounds too easy to be true it is too easy and that 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 is exactly how we're designed um when we go into that place that space within ourselves um that imaginary place within that we really thrived as as a child that's the breeding ground for our connection to spirit that's our breeding ground with our connection to the universe it's also our our breeding ground as well to understand how we are connected energetically to it all. I like that. I think that's where you reset humanity, starting with the kids and understanding that thought process you wrote about in this book. So if if we want to find the book, where do we where do we get the book and, and so forth? Yeah. So Soul Searching is available anywhere that where books are sold. Um, you can get it um, from Barnes & Noble, Amazon, or just by going to my website as well. And your website is Bill it's Phillips? It's It's one L, two P's, or you will have someone entirely different in your search. I mean, I think we had a pretty easy conversation. You're very easy to talk to. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, more than anything, I, I feel like um, we covered a lot in, in, in such an in this beautiful way too, but just having people go to the side of themselves that is imaginative and is open and is experiencing um, that energy around them and not really sure what to make of it. You're not alone in the world. You're not, um, you know, you might feel right now isolated, but there's a bigger picture around this that's about to reveal itself to you. So keep searching, keep soul searching and keep trusting the process. Well, appreciate you coming on the show, Bill. And uh, my name is John Edmonds Cosma. I'm the CEO of Bang Productions. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.